Welcome to our service today. Um, it's a real privilege to be able to be together and especially to gather around the Word of God. You know, the Word of God is able to encourage us, uh, strengthen us, and equip us. And it doesn't matter how we're feeling today, we can listen to the Word of God and we can hear truth that is able to set us free. So get ready wherever you might be, streaming in, sitting in your lounge, wherever. Get ready to receive an impartation from the Word of God. Because how many people know that God wants to speak? He's always speaking, and He delights to speak into our hearts as His children. But when I think about the word entrusted, to me it seems like such a big word, such a precious word, such a special word. And it means to give to another with confidence, to place in the hands something precious for safekeeping. And it really indicates a great level of trust. If you're going to put something of yours precious in someone's hand, you're going to make sure that they're trustworthy. You're going to make sure they're faithful. It's whether it's with your um, children, uh, maybe your finances, maybe you want to share something private with someone, but you're entrusting them to look after it. Even when it comes to my little dog, I'm going to make sure that the person that looks after our dog is going to remember to feed it and to take it for walks, um, those necessary trips outside. So we, are, um, we love to entrust people to say, you're, you're, you're wor um, worthy, faithful. I want to entrust some of my precious things to you. But you know, here's a staggering thought. God has entrusted his treasures to us. You know, he's placed his precious possessions in our hand. He puts a lot of confidence in us. And that is amazing that God would entrust his precious promises to us, his amazing purposes to us. And we read in Psalm 111 verse 6, he has declared to his people the power of his works in giving them the heritage of the nations. He's given us the heritage of the nations as our inheritance. How amazing. He said, I'm entrusting it to you. I'm giving it to you. So he's entrusted what's on his heart to us to steward. And we need to be good stewards of what he has given us. He's entrusted his power to us. He's given us the keys of the kingdom. Matthew 16, 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And the question we've got to ask ourselves is, what are we doing with what has been given to us? What are we doing with the bigger purposes of God in our life? You know, what has God actually put in our hands to steward? And are we stewarding it well? You know, would others look and see Christ reflected in our stewardship? You know, we're called to be messengers, not just messengers, but we're called to be the message, to be light bearers, to bear witness to the goodness of our God. We're entrusted as his light bearers. Matthew 5, verse 13 to 16 from the Message Bible reads like this. Let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavours of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? 
You have lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So we can ask ourselves a few questions from this passage. Are we keeping an open house? And to me, an open house speaks of an open heart that flows freely in acknowledging God and His work in my life. For Bruce and I, we have and uh, nearly been married for 50 years, and we're going to have a celebration because God has been so good to us. We're going public in a sense of declaring how good. I pray that people can look at our lives and say, man, God has been good to them. God has flowed into their life, His love, His grace, His riches, His mercy. He's entrusted His power and His mission to them. You know, He's entrusted the ability to us to love one another and to champion one another. And I know that Bruce has a diamond ring at home for me. And I'm looking forward to receiving that ring. I'm not sure how he will give it to me. Maybe he might go on bended knees. But in the days that we got engaged, many, many years ago, 51 years ago, we just more or less decided as we talked in the car, shall we get married? And that's how it happened in those days. But I'm looking forward to receiving this gift from him, and I have a gift, a ring for him as well. But, you know, I pray that our lights, we've got an open heart, an open house that people can look and say, yes, God has been incredibly good to them. And, you know, we've learned along the way that we cannot outgive God. You know, we might think we give God a lot, but God always comes in and surpasses it. He's no man's debtor. And as we have looked after what he's given us, as we've stewarded it, God just comes with a whole lot more. He's no man's debtor. And I've found and we've found that you cannot outgive God. Is there a reflection of God's generosity in our life? Is that beaming out of your life? An obvious display of God's grace and His God's glory, of His help, of His restoration, of His kindness. And prophetically, I feel we're going to see more and more. God has always been kind, but more of His generous acts towards us, His kindness multiplied throughout the earth. And we've got to go public with this. God's not a secret to be kept, says the Scripture. So do we live with an open system? or a closed system before God? Do we honour God and display His glory? Do we have an open system or a closed system of heart when it comes to generosity and giving? How's the flow of our heart? Come on, we've got to steward the flow of God's love and His goodness and His grace and His generosity through our lives. In fact, in Proverbs, it says we have to guard that flow Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. 
And so this little heart of, of ours, you know, it's got a pump like blood through our body, but our spiritual heart, do we have an open heart that pumps the life of God through us and through all our activities? When you think of a water supply for a city, how huge does that have to be? When you think the water supply has to supply every individual house as well, that's going to take a huge volume of water. But not only that, it's going to take enormous pipes to let that water flow right through and to reach every house to meet the needs within that household. And I just think of this picture. The bigger the pipes, the more volume. It's the same as our heart. The more we let God in, the more He can flow through us. If God can um, get it to us, He wants it to flow through us. The more connections in the pipes. When you think of pipes joining up, there must be a lot of connections, a lot of joining to pump that volume of water into a city. The greater the distance the water flows. And the application is we've got to have an open heart. We've got to allow our lives to be so filled. We need large, open hearts so the volume can increase. But then we need greater connections so that the water can go far further than we could ever, ever imagine. So when we find God's flow, we find our expression. When we are willing to live openly, openly before God to display His glory, it connects us with others. Do you know life just flows better and more powerfully in connection? So what does a closed system look like? A closed system looks like when we're like, I'm just going to take enough for myself. I'm going a little bit private with this. I don't want to, in a sense, display my wisdom. I don't want to testify to God's goodness in my life. You know, when people fail to connect emotionally with God and with others, there's a disconnect. There's not that distance. Their life can go, their life source, their life flow. And then... In replacement of that, they attach to things like drugs or substances, alcohol, maybe to pride, you know, to prestige, to finances. And Proverbs 23 verse 5 says, Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings, then fly away like an eagle toward heaven. What have you got your heart set on? Are you a closed system or are you an open-hearted system before God, wanting to receive everything. And it says like riches make themselves wings and fly away. Have you ever stepped out of a car maybe, or a building, and you've had a whole um, lot of papers in your hand, and then a gust of wind came, and they flew out of your hands, and just as you're about to pick them up, another wind comes, and off it goes again, and you're running along the road trying to pick up these notes or, or these papers, but they keep in a sense, um, evading you. And, um, you know, there are seasons in life. Life brings change. The wind changes. And if we're connected maybe to things as opposed to God, we're going to find our life turned upside down. We're going to find ourselves in a place of distress. But when we've set our heart on Jesus, where we've got an open system where He can come and fill us, we can remain secure doesn't matter what the weather is. So I've got a few points and talking about stewardship, 
and stewardship creates a pathway for others. And if we're operating from that open system, it invites others in. So are we going to go public with God? Are we going to shine our light? That's part of our stewardship. Are we going to acknowledge Him for the goodness in his, of Him in our life? You know, are we going to display a visibility of worship that we are completely given over to Him, that He is our source, He is our King, He is our light, He is our Saviour, He is our one and only. And Romans 10, 14 says, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Come on, our life speaks what we value speaks, our commitment to Christ speaks, our commitment to be with His people speaks, tuning in today speaks that we are hungry for God, that we want to connect so that we can be influential in our worlds, that we can create a pathway for others. Do we have a thankful heart? Come on, worship starts in the heart. What are you full of? Are you thankful for what's been entrusted to you. And in the natural, you can look in your hands. What's in my hands? Come on, God has entrusted so much into the hands of your life for you to steward, for you to bring a move of God here on the earth to create a pathway of worship. And there was a wonderful woman in the Bible in Mark chapter 14, verse three. And it says, And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and she poured it out on his head. This woman broke the seal of the container to pour out and to express her worship. She had been released from demons. She had been forgiven. She did not want to live in a closed system, but she was willing to demonstrate her great love and she broke the seal. And sometimes we need to break things off our life like embarrassment. Maybe what might, people might think or whether I'm worthy. We've got to break those things so our worship, that which is within us can be totally released. She was criticized. What a waste. What an extravagant. But she bought worship because she created a path. She created a path firstly for Jesus. He said she has done what she could. She came beforehand to anoint my body for burial. There was something prophetic. There was something symbolic about her act. She opened heaven. She touched heaven in that moment. And Jesus was encouraged. Jesus was blessed by her act of worship. Come on, our worship when we're open, an open system, when we're a flowing system, come on, brings movement in the spirit that healings can take place, that worship can be encouraged, that people will break their privacy. Worship links us. It links us to the bigger picture in the spirit than we could ever imagine. In fact, in Psalm 68, it says, when we worship, we cast up a highway. We cast up a highway for um, God, but, uh, so Jah, his name's uh, Jah, like Yahweh, can ride upon. God can do supernatural things as we cast up that highway. And she created a pathway for others. It says, assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a mon monument to her. She released an anointing. She released something beyond what she could comprehend. When we release worship, we are releasing something in the spirit 
for God to move upon, to ride on that highway, to accomplish things we could never accomplish in the natural. And we've got to break any closed system, any place where we're private, where we're hidden, where we're shy. For me, I had to break embarrassment. I had to break uh, pride. I had to break the fear of failure, you know, making a fool of myself. And I had to break that in the name of Jesus. And in fact, God spoke to me very clearly. He just said, if you protect yourself, Helen, I can't. And he said, because you're in the way. And I knew right then and there, I had to step out and just let the expression of my life flow out of the container of my heart, wanting to be an open system before God. Come on, generosity of worship creates a pathway. When you worship, when you testify, when you value what God has done on your life, you're creating a path for others. His presence is seen and felt. Come on, worship unlocks systems and miracles flow. Stewardship number two takes its inheritance by faith. Come on, it goes for the central point, the heart of the mission of why we're doing what we're doing. And our open-hearted person with an open system before God knows what they need and knows what God wants them to take by faith. Taking can be a very hard thing for some of us. We like to give, but unless we receive, we're not going to be able to flow and give and meet needs that are around us. And maybe it's part of our upbringing. It's part of natural stewardship, which is good. So were you ever taught as a family to make sure the visitors had what they needed before you took your part? Because if the family all got in there first, sometimes the visitors left with just an empty plate and nothing on it. And we were taught that. And that was helping to put good manners in us, was helping to um, make children think about other people, not just themselves. And we were taught that. Maybe there were daily rations on food in your household. And we have to. We have to stretch the budget. We have to make sure that we've got enough for the week. And so we've got to ration it. So there are rations and there are restrictions on certain items. Maybe because one family member might eat all of the, um, the portions rather than allowing other people a share. I think we were the family particularly that ate all the sweets all at once. We ate all the bananas on the day that the bananas were bought. They were all gone. It's like if you didn't get in, you missed out, so you rushed. So these restrictions may have an effect for, on our giving, our stewardship. You know, it works in the natural. We've got to be diligent. But it doesn't work in the spirit. It's the opposite. We're never going to run out in God. So we just need to... Um, Watch that attitude of maybe I'm afraid we're going to run out. Oh, I might release too much. The opposite principle applies. And I like King David um, because he took what God had given him. And, you know, the opposite applies in the fact that if we take more, there's more for other people. You know, and we can think if we take too much, there's not enough left. But the opposite, and people benefit from our hunger from our thirst, from our consumption of the Word of God. The more we take, the more there is to give when we're hungry for the things of God. And David understood this. And he took that place of advantage. Why? Because he needed to rule well. He needed to steward the gift of becoming the king of Israel. So he looked 
at Jerusalem. And he did not, he knew he could not lead from a compromised position. Come on, we need to take what God has given us. And sometimes we shy back from taking, thinking, well, no, I don't want to be pushy. But David felt the weight of his responsibility, and he took the stronghold of Zion. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 6 to 8. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, who spoke to David, saying, You shall not come in here, but the blind and the lame will repel you, thinking David cannot come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. That is the city of David. I love that nevertheless. And sometimes in spite of words spoken, sometimes in spite of discouragement, by faith, we have to take our portion in God. David needed to take that stronghold. He needed to take it so he could rule from an elevated position, that he could rule the kingdom with wisdom and understanding and with grace. And he needed to take it in spite of the opposition, in spite of all those who were standing up against him and, um, and ridiculing him. Nevertheless, in spite of criticism, embarrassment and risk, um, when we were in lockdown last time in um, COVID-19, Bruce loved having a gold card because when he went to New World, he could pull out his gold card and he could just, you know, bypass all the queues and go into the supermarket. So he was pretty excited about that. For me, I'm like, oh no, I couldn't do that. But guess what? I was called out anyway because I looked like over 65 and they ushered me in and I was glad it worked out really well. Come on, you cannot lead your life from the sidelines. David knew he had to take the central position. He knew that that was entrusted to him. And so many people get caught on the peripheral things, on the side issues of life, but you cannot lead your life from the sideline by faith. And faith pleases God. And we see that God stand, or David stand in 2 Samuel 5, 9 and 10, brought the blessing of God. David made the fortress city his home, and he named it the city of David. He developed the city from the outside terraces inwards. David proceeded with a longer stride and a larger embrace since the God of the angel armies was with him. Don't you just love that? Do you want to walk with a longer stride and a larger embrace that a supply is coming to you that can go through you? Why? Because you've opened your heart, you've gone public with your praise, that you've seen the position God wants to entrust to you and you've taken it by faith in spite of maybe embarrassment or criticism. Nevertheless, David took it and we see that he was given and blessed. He went for the center and, um, you know, we can let the enemy sideline us. And there is a saying, God, I can't bless you beyond your embarrassment. If you're embarrassed, if you can't take what I've given you, because God has blessed each and every one of us. You are anointed of God. You are an open house for God. You are one that God wants to shine his light through. And God approved of David's faith. You know, God resources what he endorses. And we see that King Hiram came and gave him timber, gave him finance to build his house. And the last one, just fairly quickly, is 
When we steward well, we deal with obstructions. We recognize where there can be obstructions and we want to move them in the name of Jesus. We want to protect the flow. Are you protecting the flow? God wants to do so much more through our lives than we could ever ask, dream or imagine. But we've got to be aware when things come in just to cut across. And you know, our theme for the year has been full and overflowing. And we've got to watch that flow. And in the book of Samuel, we see that David actually transgressed by counting the people, by taking a census. This grieved the heart of God. And Israel was struck with a plague that took thousands and thousands of people out. That hurt David's heart. David had an open-hearted system. He did not want to be closed, even though at one time he was a little bit closed off. He said, I want to repent. I want to change this. I want to break that offence that I've caused. And he wanted to build an, off, um, an altar to make an offering, to amend for his transgressions so that the, um, the plague could be stopped. And we read about it here. He sees a threshing floor and he went, that's what I want. I want that threshing floor and I want to build an altar and I want to bring a sacrifice so God can, will remove that plague from my people. And in 2 Samuel 24, 21 to 25, then Aruna said, why has my Lord the King come to his servant? David said to buy the threshing floor from you, to build an altar to the Lord that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. Now Aranua said to David, let my Lord the King take and offer up whatever seems good to him. Look, here are oxen for burnt sacrifice and threshing implements and the yokes of the oxen for wood. All these, O King. Aranua has given to the King and Aranua said to the King, may the Lord your God accept you. Then the King said to Aranua, no, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. So David brought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord heeded the prayers for the land and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. David took responsibility for his wrongdoing. In essence, I coined it like this. David wanted to pay full price for full presence. When it comes to our salvation, Jesus has paid full price for full presence, that we can enter into His courts with praise. We can shine our light for Him, that all our transgression, all our offensive behaviour and attitudes has been removed. But if we wanna keep the flow of mission, if we wanna keep the flow of purpose, sometimes we've gotta pay full price for full presence for the miraculous, supernatural power of God to flow in us and through our life. Good stewards will take responsibility for their errors. In fact, the book of Acts says, repent therefore, be converted, that your sins may be blotted out so times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Let's be an open-hearted system. God, I don't want it on the cheap. So many people are wanting it on the cheap. Like, God, I want you to do everything for me, but I don't want to do anything on my part. 
and we don't offer and we don't give and we don't steward. That's a closed system. It's about me. But when we have an open heart, we go, yeah, I was wrong. God, I'm sorry for my offence. I want to pay full price for full presence. I don't want anything less than your presence, your anointing. And I believe God is pouring out His anointing at this time. He's calling us, in a sense, to bow our knees, to worship, to honour Him, to keep short accounts with those things where we step slightly offline. And let's not want things on the cheap. Well, God, you do it all because He's done that at salvation. And we worship Him, that we can approach Him, that we can love Him. But to outwork the supply, we need to keep short accounts and go, God, yes. Do you know the Holy Spirit can't meet deception? You know, if we're deceived in our hearts that we can have everything God wants in mission and yet maintain some really bad attitudes, we're deceived. Come on, deception's dishonest thinking. Starts close to the truth, but as it grows, it gets further and further away. Jesus, or God spoke this to the uh, children of Israel. He talked about broken systems and broken systems. Can't bring the flow of God. He said, Jeremiah 2.13, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and they've hewn themselves systems that can hold no water. Come on, what's the container of your life like? Are you just hewing out systems? Come on, the systems of the world cannot hold the flow of the Holy Spirit. Come on, God has entrusted His purposes and plans to us. You know, if we remove some aspect of ourselves from connection, Oh God, that doesn't really matter. Or no, I don't really need to do that. God, I don't need to connect. I don't need to tithe. I don't need to come to church. I don't need to deal with that attitude. Then grace and truth cannot transform it if we remove it from the presence of God. So we're responsible for the flow of our hearts. How's our heart? God wants to do so much in and through us. He wants to pour out His Holy Spirit. Jesus cried because He saw such a need. If anyone's thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. And out of His innermost being, the Bible says, will flow rivers of living water. How's your flow? I want to protect my flow. I want to live with a full and overflowing worship, with a full and overflowing testimony. God, you're so good. You're so gracious. You're so generous. May other people see a reflection of your generous generosity in my heart. I want to live with a full and overflowing faith. I want to live with a full and overflowing authority that I can shift things in the Spirit that stand against the flow of your Holy Spirit and your purposes. So today, maybe we need to go from a closed system to an open system where we're like, God, I want everything of you and God, I'm going to connect so it can go far further, the influence of my life. What do you need to do? First of all, think about what God has entrusted to you. What He said, this is yours, the heritage of the nations, the power to bind and loose, the power to possess His precious promises, And maybe you need to break a flask or the seal of that container. I'm going to break myself free. I'm going to break myself of being private, of being closed, of being embarrassed, of being fearful, of being afraid. I'm going to break that 
I'm going to break fear of lack. I'm going to break it so I can worship because worship releases something far greater. Am I going to break that fear of lack and ridicule? Or I'm going to take it. Not apologising, but saying, this is what God's entrusted to me. I'm answerable to Him. You can't lead your life or glorify God from the sideline. You've got to take the centre. You've got to take that elevated position in Him to rule. And what do you need to remove? What obstacles? Come on, there's power through repentance. We all need to repent. That's been a great steward. Oh God, I let something creep in. Oh God, I just stepped over a mark. Oh God, I just reverted to a, a natural mindedness. And God, I repent and I turn. I want to pay full price of me. Surrender. Flowing in generosity for full presence. Lord, thank you for what you've entrusted to me. What's God placed in your hands? We're going to pray. Maybe in that list, you think, yeah, God, I need to move some things. But I'm going to pray right now, and I believe God's going to release fear. Come on, He's going to leave, release anxiety. He's going to release concern. He's going to say, I can change your system. Worship will change the system as you just release yourself today. So right now, how about we close our eyes and we pray. Father, we thank You for Your presence. Father, we thank You that You're here. Father, we thank You that You've entrusted so much to us. And God, we don't want to live with a closed system or a closed fist or a tight approach. But Father, we want to release ourselves to You. Father, that we might be a witness of Your goodness and of Your grace and of Your generosity, of Your plan and Your purpose that there might be great flow. So we choose to smash everything today that would hinder us, that would keep us locked in and locked down and afraid and self-protective. We smash it in the Name of Jesus, Lord God. Father, and we come and we, by faith, we take what You've given. Father, we don't apologise. We don't fear. Lord God, maybe the, the uh, um, accusations of others. We take it. We take our position by faith. Because the more we take, the more there is for others as we allow that flow to come. And Lord God, thank You for Your authority. Father, wherever we need to take authority today, wherever obstructions have come in, Father, where we may have been offensive or we've been offended, Father, right now we choose to repent. We choose to let go. We choose to open our heart. Right now, God is breathing. Come on, He's breathing His Holy Spirit. He's like, I want to fill you. I want to overflow you. I want to use you as my mouthpiece to bear my message, to be a messenger of good news, of generosity, of what a good God I am. So Father, we pray for that release right now in the Name of Jesus.